On this edition of the Scott Radley Show podcast, Jen Watson, an old, well, not old, a, a long familiar voice. I would never say old. A long familiar voice here on CHML comes in to join us. Uh, we're talking about what happened at the mayor's house by the protesters, which was outrageous. We're talking about the Mandarin restaurant and the protest against them, which is outrageous, although delicious. And we're talking about drunk canoeing, because of course it is Canada Day weekend. Enjoy. Today on the Scott Radley Show on 900 CHML. Jen Watson, brightest conversation in Hamilton Radio. Uh, we got to start today, I guess, uh, with the story of the day, and that would be the protest, shall we call it, a protest of sorts at Mayor Fred Eisenberger's house early this morning, 20 or thereabouts. Protesters show up and put signs on his lawn and play instruments badly <laughs> and bang drums, I guess, and scream and yell and yell obscenities and wear masks and a bunch of other things. There's a lot of stuff to dive into on this one. And it's all to do allegedly, allegedly, and we'll get to why I say allegedly in a moment, with what happened at Pride, with the thing that happened there, the violence that happened there. Uh, just to sort of set the groundwork, Jen, do you have any tolerance for this? Are they in any way... The protesters? Yeah, in their right to do this? No, they're harassing. They're harassing somebody now. Like, I've been listening and following this story, and they want to talk about, you know, people... There's so many different facets, right? Because it's like, well, you're allowing hate speech and, you know, these protesters to spew hate on city property. Well, I mean... You're allowed to protest on public grounds. And yes, there's a fine line between hate and, you know, free speech, of course. But now you've gone to somebody's personal home and now you're just harassing. And as you said, we're going to whether I get to it now or you, I I don't think that they're even there for the right reasons. It sounds like let's start with the let's start with the, the protest itself, because I am anyone who listens to this show with any regularity knows because I've said it many, many times. I am, for all intents and purposes, a free speech almost absolutist. Mm -hmm. I will tolerate and listen to you saying stuff that may offend or bother me. And then you will listen if I say something. And you know what? As long as it is not actual violence or telling someone to be violent, instructing violence, which is what you talked about with hate speech. If you say something that really drives me nuts, I'm not going to shut you down. I believe you have the right to say that Mm -hmm. on public property. And so as much as I think it was completely inappropriate to show up at the mayor's residence because his family lives there. This is not about the mayor anymore. This is about his family and the neighbors. But as much as I detest showing up at the mayor's house, if they had stayed on the road on public property, I would have said, you know what? I don't like your tactics. I think you're an idiot, but you're allowed to do it because you're on public property. But they didn't. No, they banged on his door. They banged on his door. They put signs on his grass. They were, he took videos and pictures. They were wandering around on his property. This is not the same. This is not free speech. Your free speech does not extend to you being able to just go onto people's private property. It's not carte blanche. You don't just get to do whatever you want to do in the name of whatever cause you're, you know. This is not shutting down free speech. This is shutting down the rules of property. He is, if you are in your house, your property is your sanctuary. You are supposed to be safe Mm -hmm. in your property. So that's the first problem I have with this. Number two, and there's a bunch, as I say, we're going through. Number two, one of the pictures that the mayor, maybe two, but I think it was just one of the photos that he took 
shows a guy right up by his house wearing a mask. And it dawned on me today that there are really only three times, I think, four times, Halloween, snowboarding, mm-hmm. uh, snowmobiling, or rioting when people wear masks in our society these days. Maybe robbing a bank would be number right. five. Two of those are bad things. There is almost no circumstance under which you would wear a mask in society just walking down the street. And, and I'm not, hey, and, I, and if it's free speech and you're allowed to protest, why do you need to cover your face? It's not, and also it's not the kind, I'm not talking about the little surgical mask that some people wear for asthma or whatever else. I'm talking about a full cover your face like, like you're- bandana kind yeah. of thing, yeah. And to me, it seems, you know what, maybe it's time. Our council loves to pass bylaws and everything else. Maybe it's time to pass a bylaw that says, if you are wearing a mask, a face covering Mm -hmm. in public in this city, you will be arrested. Well, that's a slippery slope. You can't do that. Why? Because there's religious head and face coverings. You can't just say arbitrarily, well, you have a face covering, so uh, you're going to be arrested. You can't fair enough. That. Fair enough. But you, uh, if you're wearing a balaclava. In the middle of summer. In the middle of summer. <laughs> I'm sure there are ways. Yeah. Uh, so uh, fair enough. I understand. Okay. You're right about the, the hijab or whatever. That's a different thing. Yeah. But if you are clearly walking around town with what is obviously a, just an intent to disguise your appearance, to right. hide your appearance. What's wrong with saying that's not allowed anymore? Because the only time you see that is when there's going to be trouble. T- tell me the ex- tell me the time when someone does that that it's not about hiding your identity to do something well, inappropriate. Well, I mean, there's I'm sure there are many many circumstances. I mean, you know, there's some people there's mental health issues that people do things that you're like, why would somebody do that? And but you, we have you, so you many- don't know what is it was just like a lone person walking down the street wearing that. I mean. I don't if know. I you think you've got to take it into the context, right? So, Jen, if you saw a lone person walking down the street wearing a balaclava over their face in the middle of summer, would you say, oh, that's fine? Or would you say something like, is probably... Up. Yeah, exactly. Something's weird, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're breaking the law. But if they have a mental health issue and that's what they're doing, would you not want someone to stop them and get sure, them help then? Sure, sure. Jen and I are both in agreement. You may or may not be, but we're both in agreement that this is completely out of line. If you want to protest, do it at City Hall, do it at, a, at an event that the mayor is appearing at, right. going to his house and going onto his property completely unacceptable as far as I'm concerned completely even if you had wanted to stay on the road poor taste yeah but you could probably defend it but going onto his property you lost all moral high ground if you ever thought you were going to claim to have any mm-hmm. here's the thing though Jen so a a guy who's identified as the vice chair of Pride Hamilton which is what this whole thing starts from put out a tweet today and part of it is I'm not surprised by what happened at the mayor's house it's not my style but I get it our community has been traumatized he's in pain and is angry he goes on and on but later in the day the tower which is an anarchist group which yeah. was the one that was tied in with the Lock Street and caused riot a and lot of anger and a lot of damage they are taking essentially taking credit for this yeah. so how does that how does that how is that a connection it's not. If I don't you think. are part of the gay community in Hamilton, first of all, is this even your community or just a bunch of anarchists who have decided to find an, in, a, something they can latch onto to be able to cause problems? Yeah, and be, let's just jump on the bandwagon and make your issue our issue, even though they probably don't. Why are you not condemning care? this? What, like, I don't see how, in any possible way, the local gay community benefits from having a bunch of what looks like a bunch of anarchists jump on their bandwagon who have already got a history, a track record with Lock Street. Of causing violence and destruction. 
how is this beneficial? How are, how are you not saying this is not us? Yeah. We want to have a talk. We are angry. We are hurt, but this is not us. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I'm not, maybe haven't, occasionally, there's a few people, there's a few people that have spoken out, but it's not an, oh, there's not an overwhelming overriding condemnation. Somebody has to come out and, you know, speak on their behalf I don't or know maybe who they that don't is. want to. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't know who, I don't know who the official spokesperson for the local gay community is. I don't know if there is such a thing. I don't know if there's one person who is now, seen Now, this person as, that you just talked about on Twitter, he was the former vice chair? No, he was the vice, apparently he was the vice chair of this year's oh, Pride. currently? Yeah, oh, of well, Hamilton Pride. Oh, well, how come Pride. he's not speaking out about well, it? Well, it sort of was, it, he says, it's not my style, but I get it. In other words, I wouldn't so do it, So maybe you're kind of, you don't mind it, even though you wouldn't I do it. I get it. I get no. That's no, not acceptable. No, because you wouldn't want somebody to protest you you in that way. Because you know what I mean. Because wasn't that the whole thing that Gage Park was about? Was that there were other protesters protesting the fact that they were having a pride event there? Yes. So and got in their space and you, in their face. That's right. So how would you like them to come to your home and protest you in that way? But the argument, I guess, playing devil's advocate, would be: Well, it's already happened, so let's show the mayor what it's really but like. Is, how is that the mayor's fault? Well, the, so their, their argument would be that the, the mayor has not stood up for them and that the mayor, that the police force in town didn't do its job and the mayor's ultimately responsible. There's Hold a on, bunch okay, of and there's things. a whole thing about the police force because were they not told to not attend? It becomes a more Isn't confusing thing. Isn't that a whole thing? thing? And the argu- yes, they were apparently told not to attend and then... And then were criticized about how long it took them to get and to the, the location. Is, the argument is, well, we didn't want you there in a symbolic like part participating. of participating, but we wanted you for security. But they were there, were they not? Maybe they were just at the wrong end of the park. It's a big park. I don't know. It is. The issue ultimately here becomes, are we really going to be okay with this now being a thing? There should be, as far as I'm concerned widespread, immediate, universal condemnation of this kind of thing. Regardless of where you sit on it, right? That's it. Even if you are furious with the mayor, even if you think the mayor has messed this up royally, when we start to say it's now okay to go to politicians' homes and go onto their property, and in this particular case, they put signs and knocked on the door and made music, bad music. They made lots of noise, but... What happens the next time right. when and a brick is thrown? We saw what happened on Lock Street yep. with this same group that's now claiming responsibility. We saw the bricks through the windows and everything else. So the next time, is there and, a brick and, through and the and mayor's a, window? Right. Or a neighbor is going to have enough and come out and say, get off my street. You're on my lawn too. You know what I mean? And then like, you have a fight. And then there's a fight and it's going to escalate. So, so, yeah. It's not... A, the issue here is if you ever are trying to stake your place on the moral high ground... The way to do that is not to do quid pro quo and to do you. It happened to you. It happened to us. So we're going to do it to you. Right. Or so it's okay. Or, you know, I understand it. That's not the way. And so looking at this today, I'm telling you, it is, it infuriates me because if this is not condemned strongly and across the board, I'm telling you, we will have more of these things. A counselor or a mayor or someone else who falls, who flies in the face or falls afoul of the good graces of different groups, not necessarily this one, Mm -hmm. now has people showing up at their house and you will have problems. You will have problems and you will have people getting hurt. And you're not going to garner any sympathy for your cause by acting this way. That's a whole point that seems to also have been missed. You want people to support you and to rally around you, well, you know, I just don't think this is the way to do it. 
or that, to associate yourself, your group, one group, with a type of group like this that causes this kind of damage and destruction and promotes that, violence in this way. That point seems to have been missed. Past. No, yeah. it's been missed. And, and, and I think that there is so much anger right now that that point is being lost that says, you know what, if we want to be the on the side of the angels here, if we want to be the ones that has public support, we have to do what the public would expect a proper, right-minded, fair, good citizen to do, and that is not to be showing up at the mayor's house on his property. Yeah. And if anyone disagrees, I'm more than happy to hear you. Radley at 900CHML.com. Send me a note. Tell me why you agree. I'm, I feel very strongly about this. It's totally unfair. We may hate our politicians in some cases. We may think they're idiots. But they're still people. You still can't do this. You don't do, do that. You still can't do this. Because it is the first step down a very dangerous, very slippery slope that we do not want to go down. We do not want to go down this one. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Jen, I don't know if you were planning on going to the Mandarin restaurant on Monday. No. I heard about this and I'll tell you why I'm not going to go, but go ahead. All right. Well, <laughs> see, the Mandarin restaurant uh, is offering a free Canada Day buffet for anybody who can show that they are a Canadian citizen. If you, I guess you show up with your passport or birth certificate or I don't know, whatever else. Uh, it's their 40th anniversary and they say they wanted to uh, thank people. They were a Chinese Canadian company. I guess, I don't know if they were immigrants from China who started it or if they were born here. I, I'm not really sure, but they're saying it's as a thank you to Canada. That's and so nice. You Where agree or you disagree? Well, I mean, it's it's actually a nice gesture considering that they jack up the price of a plate per person over Christmas time because <laughs> Jay and I were going to go the one time with the kids and we we're like, what is this? It was insane how, how much they jacked it up. So, you know, it's a nice gesture, but I actually saw somebody talking about it on social media and um, I think they went when they did it last year and it was like a two hour wait yes. to get in. But here's the thing about it. No way I'm not waiting for two hours. Well, th- see, now that that I agree with. The the issue and why we bring it up is because this the idea that if you can establish or prove your Canadian citizenship, you get to eat for free has led to many people now saying this is racist. What? This is discriminatory. Why? Because if you're not Canadian, you can't eat for free. But are they missing the point? Clearly, they're missing the point that they're saying, hey, Canada, thank you. It's your birthday. Thank you for welcoming us into your country and making us a part of your family. This is how we want to say thank you. I don't want, you know what? People just want to complain about anything. I had a discussion. It's funny you say that last bit because I had a discussion today with someone And we were talking about this, about the Mandarin thing. And I said, because they were feeling that it was not right, that it was somehow offensive. And I said, well, wait a second. Why is it offensive? Yeah. Why is it? Think about it for a sec. Stop for a second. Why is this offensive? And the person's answer was, well, I'm not really sure, but it might be. And I said, so wait a second. So our (laughs) default position then now in 2019, our default position is we're not sure if it is or isn't, but if it, if we can't identify, we're going to err on the side of being offended. Why would we not say (laughs) I'm going to err on the side unless I'm clearly offended for obvious reasons that are beyond, you know, doubt, I'm going to say, well, probably it's okay. But we, we now want to always find the thing to be upset about. And I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, wait a second. We have 
the the idea here is people are saying, well, what about people who are residents here but aren't natives? Why are like native Canadians, born, born Canadians, Canadian residents? Uh, this is unfair to them. We have hundreds of examples in and our programs of things, right? Well, not only that, but we have hundreds of examples in society of people who you can have a discount based on age or based on this or based on that. And we don't seem to have any problem. When I, I'm not of the age where I get a senior's discount at but Shoppers. But you don't get a student discount either. No, but so if So you're I, in the middle. So where's your discount? Why I should be offended. If I go to Shoppers <laughs> Where's Drug my middle-aged discount? Am I allowed to say that you're middle-aged? No, but if I go to McDonald's <laughs> and I don't get free coffee because yeah. I'm not 65, should I say that's an outrage? That's ageist. It is ageist. It's an outrage that not everybody, that's, that is yeah. dividing us. That is, that is showing discriminatory behavior. How about behavior. getting your license at a particular age? You have to be 16 to get your license. Well, that's discrimination. You have to be 19 to drink. You have to be 18. There, there's just, just, it's getting out of hand. Well, it, it is. This is a little bit different. Now, I, I thought about the thing like licenses and voting and stuff. This is a little different than that mm-hmm. because that mm-hmm. is based on... I was just being... No, no. And, yeah. and I, I thought of those same things. And that's based on, hopefully, maturity of decision-making. Hopefully. And that's also questionable. I that is obvious, also <laughs> questionable. But the people who are pointing... And they're, and believe me, go on social media and read about the Mandarin restaurant This today. is why I want to stay off social media. <laughs> <laughs> it is there is rage towards them that they are rage. not giving a free meal to everybody and someone else raised the point as this discussion that I was having today grew and raised the point so on July the 4th if they were to say you know what as a thank you to our american friends if you can show up with an american passport you get your meal for free you want to know something nobody would have a problem with that you're probably right nobody would say a word about that nobody would say well that's discriminatory then but if it's Canadian, somehow we have to self-flagellate ourselves at all times. <laughs> Is that a word? Yes. It's like, <laughs> I've never heard that. It's like in the old days when you would carry the whip and beat yourself <laughs> over the back as like perdition for your sins. <laughs> It w- that is what we do. We like to find ways to make ourselves miserable rather than saying, you know. Cool. Whatever. Great. If you Good went, job. If you went to a different country, if you went to... Pick any country in the world. I don't mm-hmm. care. You, you went to Uganda yeah. and they had a national Uganda day. And if you were a Ugandan citizen, you got to eat for free and you were a Canadian. Would you say, you know, this is an outrage. I am here in Uganda and I can't dine the same way the locals can who pay taxes and who've lived here. Have it. Yeah. You nobody would that. say that. You don't do that. Nobody would ever say that. And yet here we're losing our minds. Let me read you bits of two tweets and I'm only choosing two of them. What an excellent way to lose temporary and permanent resident clients. I like to skip lines so I wouldn't celebrate my Canada Day on Mandarin. Anyways, thanks for letting me know. I'm not welcome in your restaurant, though. And another one, this is gross. This doesn't honor Canada Day. I'd rather pay to eat somewhere that doesn't discriminate. The reason I read those two, Jen, have we completely lost the definition of discrimination? It sounds like it. Like discrimination to me, if if the Mandarin said on Canada Day, the only way you're allowed into our restaurant is if you are a Canadian citizen. We don't want any of you other people in here. Right. That's not what they're saying. No one's saying you're not welcome. No one's saying you're not allowed in. You're still allowed to eat there. But as a private company, we have made a decision that we will give Canadians a present for... Their birthday. For their birthday, essentially. That is not discrimination. No. To me, 
That is not discrimination. That's that is that's no different than you giving someone something. And remember in class, it goes back to remember in school if you had a piece <laughs> of gum or something and he says, Do you have one for everybody? Right. No. You can't then, give one to everyone then. Well, we don't live in elementary one. school yeah. anymore. A private company is permitted to do what they wish with their money. This is not and this is not a public thing, okay? It would be a different maybe a different thing, I guess, if it was a public would it be different? I don't know. Would it be different if it was a public restaurant if such a thing existed? A public restaurant, yeah. No, I, I give it just, time. Yeah. It it just sounds absolutely silly, but yeah, it just seems like people just want to be upset. Again. Uh, about and like you know how much energy it takes to be negative all the time? Like when you want to spend your short time here but it's like we're mining yeah. for a fence. Yeah. It's like we've gone down into the mine and we're chipping away like the seven dwarfs. Although they probably can't even say that now from Snow White. <laughs> um, and you're trying to find the little nugget of a fence that you can latch onto so you can go on social media and scream and yell and make a fuss. That's all this. I- Rather than that, how about if you're not a Canadian or, as I say, if you had gone to some other country and this happened, you just say, oh, it's their national holiday. I'll okay. eat somewhere else. Or I'll pay for my meal. Or I'll pay for my meal. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we've been, I think I've only been in one other country on their national day, and that was Bermuda on Bermuda Day. Oh, cool. And it was. It was a lot of fun. It was cool. And, you know, the interesting thing is their tradition is that they line this parade route and they put up their, like, portable family tents and everything and bring huge amounts of food and they sit and eat there. Well, you want to know something? We were visiting. We didn't have a tent. We didn't have a kitchen with us. We stood on the side of the road and didn't eat any of the food that was there that they had brought. Should I have been able to say, it is discriminatory of you not to feed me some of your family's food because I'm a visitor here and I'm not from here, so you should be required to feed me. No. If they choose to, fine. But I can't walk up to them and demand it. And then if you don't say you're discriminating against me as a Canadian because I'm not a Bermudan. That's insane. You know, and the people that are probably saying this, they're probably Canadians themselves. Like, Oh, I'm sure. So they they could get their meal for free if they wanted. The really funny part about this is I don't know why this has started all of a sudden because they've done this before in 96, 2004, 2009, and 2014. So on every five-year anniversary of the Mandarin restaurants, this is their 40th year. Okay. They have done this. And apparently it's never been a problem before. But again, in 2019, (sighs) where everything must be an offense, this is now offensive. This is now offensive. That's so insane. I would encourage anyone who is with me and with Jen, clearly, who sees this not as an offensive thing, as a nice gesture yeah. from the people there, go and wait your two hours. Or maybe don't because that'll just cost the money. But nonetheless, <laughs> whatever it is, the fact is this is not discrimination. This no. is not... Discrimination would say you can't set foot in the restaurant. We because don't... Because you are this or you are not this. Or you are black or you are Jewish or you are whatever else. And so therefore you are not... That's not this. Yeah. And it's not saying that it's Canadians only. Like it's just a promotion. It's, it's not... just a promo that they're running on Canada Day. And I go back to my other point. This then seemingly would mean every promotion ever would be unfair and discriminatory because if you have a promotion that requires you to have a coupon, what if I don't have the coupon? Should yeah. I still get 
well, I, you can't discriminate based on the fact that I don't have a coupon. Well, yes, that's why we have a coupon. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get the paper. I don't have, you know, like... I'm not 65. I should be able to still get the senior's discount. No, that's not discrimination. That's a policy. That's something that a company has done. Yeah. Everybody needs to... Sometimes it's 55. Mm. Well, getting closer. <laughs> Everybody needs to take a pill here and somehow chill because the last hour we've done nothing but talk about people being cranky about stuff yeah. that seems totally ludicrous, but we're angry about everything. We're, and we're lo- and the worst part is we're looking to be angry about yeah, everything. Looking that's for the base. That seems to me to be the biggest problem. We are looking for the things that we can find that will make us angry because somehow being angry now makes us happy or something. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. There is a guy in, where is he? In Oshawa. The Schwa. The Schwa, which I truly hate when people say that. Pardon me. (laughs) Uh, It sounds, that sounds like to me, I always, when people say that, I always think of a shawarma. A shawarma? Which I do love shawarma. Yeah. But the Schwa? The Schwa. Anyway, it was in 2017 a guy who uh, today, this week, has been convicted of these basically drunk driving, but paddling a canoe drunk. Oh, okay. <laughs> and he got charged. It's not funny. Well, he got charged, and he has been uh, the first Canadian to be convicted of impaired driving charges for the act of paddling a canoe. Should you be charged with drunk driving? Drunk canoeing. Drunk canoeing. Should that really be a thing? Well, I mean, you're not supposed to be on the water and drinking at all. True. And no, a canoe isn't a speedboat. So it's not like if you're drunk and speeding in a boat, you could hurt somebody else in the water. But potentially you could. he could have had other people in the canoe with him. And also, even if he's by himself and he needs to be rescued, that's still resources that you need to... That, uh, I, that that need to be used. Up. That's a valid point. That's a valid point. So I mean, there should be maybe maybe some sort of fine. Sure. I mean, whether it's a canoe or a boat, like a uh, like a uh, speedboat or something. I see. To sure, me, sure. Why not? Well, because here's the thing. To me, it, it raises the question of where's the line here. And I am a firm believer that if you're doing something that is going to hurt somebody else or has the strong potential to hurt someone else. We can look after that, which is why we have drunk driving, impaired driving laws. Right. It's not necessarily because you're going to injure yourself. It's because of what you can do to the other people on the on the road, cars right. or pedestrians. But are we really in the business in this country of being such a nanny state that if you're dumb enough and stupid enough and moronic enough to get loaded up and then get into a canoe and you end up hurting yourself, is that really something we want to tie up the legal system Well, that's with? just going to say, that's also tying up resources. I mean, convicted and then so what's his penalty? Like, just give him a ticket. Well, Or I'm is assuming, that not... Well, if it's impaired driving, which is sounds... Or impaired boating. Impaired boating. Um, I'm trying to see what the... And sorry, this was two years ago. So this but took it, two just, years yes. to work through the system. So you know it costs some money. Yeah. Again, though, I go back to my point. If I do something that is putting nobody else at risk except for myself, and it is stupid. If I if I get all mm-hmm. liquored up one night and go up onto the roof of my house and lie there to watch the stars, mm-hmm. there is a risk that I could slip, I could roll off, I could end up plummeting to my death. Mm-hmm. Does that mean we should have police arresting me for something because I'm putting myself at risk? 
It seems to me that as adults, if you put yourself at risk and you're not at doing it to anybody else and you then find yourself injured, too bad, so sad, that's on you. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, yeah. And the only thing is that you... Unless this guy was an Olympic canoeist who could get the canoe up to a dangerous speed, which I don't get the sense from the story that he was. But really, or the only thing is you would be fined for, uh, you know, using up resources. It's kind of like, well, I don't know if I can liken it to this, but, you know, when people go on the, you know, to... Uh, you know, walking the falls, you know, mm. looking at the falls, Webster's Falls, Webster's Falls, and then they go off the path and they take that risk. There are signs that say, don't walk off the path, but they do anyway. And then they fall and then the rescue has to be done and everything else. You should, they should be fine. You're and I can't clearly remember, breaking are, the law. And I think they are, they do get a ticket, but have, I, I don't think. Or not the law, but you're causing distress or you're, you're causing a, you know, use of resources that. It's true. And I don't, I didn't expect you to go there necessarily. It's a good point though. But because of that, I can't remember, but I don't think that at this point we charge them for the cost of the extraction. No, but, and, but you know, what's funny though, I wonder, do they get, well, they should, they should, they, they'll get a charge if they have to, an ambulance ride. Yeah. Everybody gets a charge yeah. for an ambulance ride. But uh, and I don't They should be charged for the cost of the uh, for the extraction if you veered off the by choice. By choice, the trail that was marked. And I stand to be corrected, but I don't think yet we charge them. Do. We don't and we should. Yeah, absolutely. We should. And so maybe that's kind of the same thing, right? And if you're going to use up resources by making a bonehead decision, don't charge the person and make the court system have to pay or spend thousands or tens of thousands. Give them a fine. Well, tr- if you need to have the OPP or someone come in to rescue you because you're liquored up and you fall out canoe, of your canoe. And you can't, or you're just stuck in the middle of the lake and have lost your paddle. Then <laughs> what should happen is you have to pay whatever it costs to rescue you. Yeah. And is there anybody other than the people who find themselves in this position who suddenly are now looking at a massive bill, is there anybody else in society who would say, no, I don't think we should charge them. That doesn't seem fair. Actions have... I'm sure somebody will say it's not fair. I'm sure somebody will say it's discrimination. Maybe. But actions have repercussions. They should. When you're a kid, they do. Yep. If you're a kid... You know, it's funny. I was talking... Uh, there was a, a little boy in the station here mm-hmm. um, who was running around just uh, just earlier today. And we were sort of having this joking conversation about... And he I, he was probably six. And we were having this joking conversation. I said, are you going to go see any fireworks on Monday? And I, and he said, yeah, we're going to go see some fireworks. And and he goes, my dad's going to do them. And I said, oh, in the house. (laughs) And at six, he goes, no, no, he'd be grounded. At six, he understood. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. At six, he understood. And good on the parent for making sure. That there are, there are um, penalties. There are Consequences. consequences. Thank you for your behavior. And if you do something stupid, you are going to have a consequence. Now, to to him, probably grounding was about the worst thing that he could imagine. Right. But if you, again, get all liquored up and you get yourself in trouble, whatever it is, in a canoe, on the roof of a house, jumping into a pool, whatever, I don't think that we should be the nanny state that says we are going to charge you criminally with this when the only person at risk is you. 
So I guess is it depending on the type of vehicle? Because really, like you got to draw the line somewhere because somebody, you know, on the water, on you know, a motorboat or a speedboat or whatever. But a motorboat could hurt someone else, right? And that's you should be charged with drunk driving if that's how, what you're doing. How damaging! What can damage you, could you do to someone? <laughs> Boing! You know, I mean, even if you, even if they were swimming and you bumped into them, the worst that's, that could happen is you bump their head slightly. Yeah, that's kind of like you know when we go to the cottage and we're off the dock and we're sitting on our pool noodles and we got a beer in our hand. Like we're just drinking our beer and our pool noodles, but uh, sitting in the lake, are we going to get arrested for that? I hope not. Well, who knows now? <laughs> no, honestly, who like if you if you jump in if you if you jump off a, a rock cliff now, do some like cliff diving or cliff jumping or something. Yeah, should you be charged with take your pick? What it would be careless, not careless driving, but um, careless jumping. Well, something should you should there be criminal charges for? behaviors all across the board. Because to me, it seems, yeah, he was drunk and we do have laws about drinking and driving, but we also have draw laws about careless behavior. Or public intoxication. Can you be charged with that? Well, now see, right? if there was anything that he was going to be charged, but that's a ticket. You don't have to go to court for right, that. Right, right. And that I would have been saying, all right, that Fair he enough. was in public and we do have laws against that. But this just seems like and so do, does it say there what his conviction entails? No, and I'm I'm trying to find it here. Maybe time served or like, did he do? Did he serve any time? Um, so his blood alcohol was point uh, nine seven, so just above the because point eight zero is the year point right. zero eight. Pardon me. Right. Uh, so it, he was just over. So it's not like he was hammered either. It's not even like he was so drunk that he was going to pass out in the thing. So how did he get caught? So he, they laid four charges against him, impaired operation of a vehicle. Uh, uh, anyway, so, um, yeah, anyway. I Maybe just, he called himself in because he got, he couldn't find his way back. Maybe he got lost and called it in, called it in from the canoe in the uh, middle of the called lake. Called it in from a canoe. No, th- there's got to be. If you, it is such a Canadian thing, it sounds like. It does. For this Friday edition of the Canada Day episode of the Scott Radley Show, <laughs> co-starring Jen Watson. <laughs> oh, I'm a co-star a co-star, now. well, yeah. All right. Uh, hey, thanks for coming in. Anytime. Appreciate it. The Scott Radley Show. Weekday evenings from 6 to 8 on 900 CHML. The Scott Radley Show podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Radley. Thanks again for listening, and do not forget to subscribe to this podcast. It is free. You will never miss an episode. And also, be sure you rate us and review us. Whatever you think of us, we'll take it. Thanks for listening.